Scripture is very clear. Where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. And so it's just a matter of where we're looking, where our eyes are fixed. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord today. I'm thankful for that. Uh, let me just say very quickly, uh, we do have um, back there on the, on the table in the foyer by the bulletin board and the giving kiosk, uh, we do have these bread charts. If you'd like a physical paper chart for reading the Scripture through in a year, um, these are tremendous tools to help with that. If you like to have some, I know there's apps on your phone and stuff. Um, but for those of you that are more tangible, you like to have a piece of paper to put in your Bible and mark stuff off, we do have these out there that are uh, in that rack that's sitting right there on the table in the foyer. Uh, pay close attention. There are two different ones. They look the same on the front with the exception of the upper right corner. One says children 2021. One says adult 2021. Um The children's not just for children and the adults not just for adults. It's just a matter of sort of what you feel like you'll do and what will help you stay on um, sort of on pace, if you will, to keep reading the word. It's a tool to help you be in the word every day. And that's the goal is to be in the word of God every day. Uh, the only difference is uh, the children's one walks through one chapter a day. So you don't do the whole Bible. Um, it may do a couple of chapters in Psalms every once in a while, but it, it's at least one chapter a day for the children to keep you reading in the Word of the Lord, keep you in the Word of the Lord. The adult one just has you read through the whole Bible in a year, so it's broken down to where if you read every day, you will have read through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, we need to be in the Word of God every day. We really, really do. We need to be reading the Word of God every day. It's like coffee. Well, maybe not quite. You know what I mean. So, like some things you just got to have every day. But um, no, it it is called the bread of life. And so we should be digesting, taking in. You say, well, man, sometimes I don't know. I read and I don't even hardly I have to I have to really work to remember what I read. And I don't know if it did anything for me. You know, it's sort of like um, eating some food that you don't understand how it helps your eyes or it helps this part of your body. I don't know. They just tell me it does. And so I eat it and it seems to work. And so, you know, I don't know how that by taking in the word of God every day, I promise you it's affecting you. Every day there won't be lightning bolts from heaven and you won't always get all understanding and all wisdom and all knowledge when you're reading that day. But just stay in the word every day. Now, guard yourself so it doesn't just become a checklist. But I've heard somebody say, this isn't original with me, but it's so true, and I think of it often. It's the only book that you can read where while you're reading it, you can also be talking directly with the author. It's a pretty powerful thing. And so we should be in the Word of God every day. So those charts are out there. If you would like them, help yourself. They're in that rack. Uh, please only take what you'd use. And but help yourself there. Um, I also just a quick reminder, uh, not this week, but next week, starting Monday, the 11th uh, through Friday, the 15th, those five days we are setting aside here at Life Church. We are setting aside those five days for focused prayer and fasting. Uh, 
So we're asking all who will to join us in those five days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we may have a little more direction uh, next weekend uh, regarding some things, um, possibly opening the building different times uh, through that week, if not all week. I, I just don't know yet. We're waiting on the Lord about that. Um, but we are asking those who will to join us in those five days. Uh, if you've never fasted five days before, that might be launching out into the deep. And uh, so use wisdom. If you need to go, and I don't know about going five days straight without eating, uh, then maybe start with sun up to sundown. It's easy right now because it's winter. That's a little harder if it was uh, the month of June. So um, somebody said, man, don't do that in June then. Um, but setting aside some time that you're saying, I'm going to be fasting, pushing the plate away. Uh, this is a denying of my flesh. All right. Fasting doesn't. Bribe God. Fasting doesn't earn something from God. Fasting denies my flesh so that my spirit becomes more sensitive to God. All right? That's what fasting is. Um, fasting gets me postured for greater sensitivity to God by denying my flesh. And the one thing our flesh always wants is food. And if you think, ah, not really, not me, then just decide you're not eating for the day and your flesh will decide that's the day you want food. I can get up some mornings, have a cup of coffee. I don't, I'll look and go, oh my goodness, it's four o'clock. I should probably eat something. If I know I'm going to be fasting that day, I can get up and man, 30 minutes after I'm out of bed, I'm like, man, I'm so hungry. I really want something. Just, right? Because your flesh, your flesh, my flesh. And so fasting is a denying of the flesh. It's a separating of ourselves to God. And what I'm saying is, I am saying, God, I want fellowship with you. I want to take of the bread of life that you are more than I want natural food. And I'm telling this fleshly man, you're going to come under subjection. Because I desire fellowship with God in an intimate way and more sensitivity. So this is fasting. There's a lot of scriptures on that. We may talk on more of those. But plan on the 11th through the 15th. Um, again, if, if, if you can do all five days, that's beautiful. Let's do that. If you... If it's sun up to sundown five days, do that. If it's every other day, do that. If it, but just let's all participate. Amen. I'm not going to be checking on you and going, okay, what are you doing? What are you? It's between you and the Lord. This isn't about peer pressure. This is us agreeing in unity to separate ourselves under the Lord, to consecrate ourselves under the Lord here early in the year. Saying, God, together as a unified body, we're seeking your direction. We're denying our flesh together. And we want to see and hear your voice and go as you would direct us. Amen? Uh, I am asking uh, if you would, during that week, uh, if you're a social media person, to eliminate all social media. Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Whatever else, I don't know what all's out there. Those are the ones I know. Eliminate social media 
uh, I, I would tell you, eliminate the Internet. I realize if you need it to work or maybe you need to pay your bills and you do that online, only use it where it's necessary. Some of you are withdrawing already. <laughs> Believe it or not, YouTube's not necessary. Now, if you're, you say, well, I'm just streaming all kinds of preaching. Um, maybe if you're tuning into a service that we're having that week, I would even say that week. Be careful about streaming too much that way, getting all kinds of different voices in that week. We just want to separate unto the Lord. Uh, if, if you have television in your home, that might be a good week to say, you know what? I might cut back on that here. Let the Lord lead us. We, we just want to consecrate ourselves to him. It's a critical time in our world. It's a critical time in our world. And so uh, let's look to that. And I believe God's going to do great things. Amen. Um, it, it might sound crazy, but when we do that, that's like one of my favorite times as a body. I like eating. But it's one of my favorite times because it feels like we're, it's one of the most unified times that we have. And the hunger of everyone's spirit begins to surface. And uh, it's a beautiful thing that God does. So, so mark that the 11th through the 15th, not this Monday, but the following Monday. Amen. Praise God. Um, I'm going to ask Brother Joel to come. And I don't know, he may take two minutes, he may take 20 minutes. I have no idea. Uh, I told him I might call on him. So I'm going to ask him to do that and express whatever's on his heart from the Lord. And we'll just see where the Holy Ghost would lead us today. Amen. Praise God. Pull this down here. Amen. Good to be uh, with you all. If you want that. Be with you all on uh, this new year. Let's see. I guess technically it's the second service of the new year now. But uh, for some of you, the first service of 2021. And... Um, I'm so thankful that we we still have the freedom to come into the house of God as the body of Christ in America, and um, sometimes it's I think it's easy to lose, for me at least, lose sight of of reality across the entire world, and forget that there's a large majority of places who don't have this simple freedom um, of coming together openly, hearing the word of God publicly, um, praying publicly, uh, lifting, lifting up people, some countries, they, they have to have a, a fear in a sense. They have to have a precaution when they, when they try to worship or sing. And, um, I'm so thankful. I, that's a lot of my life. I've, I've all, that's been a prayer that I've prayed consistent, consistently that thank you Lord for, for that freedom, that freedom of, of religion, um, of worshiping you. Um, before I, I don't, I'm not going to take very long at all this morning, I don't think, but I just want to, um, before we kind of get into anything, if we can just, uh, pray one more time. And I know we, we don't usually do very many announcements or anything, but kind of had a couple announcements this morning and some things upcoming with the new year. Um, and I'm so, I'm so excited for what, what I know God's going to continue to do, um, 
But I wonder if this morning, we'll put those things on our calendar, of course, but I wonder if we can kind of just push out everything and just for the next few moments, wait on God and see what he would do for, for us this morning here. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be in your presence. Father, I pray the voice of your spirit, Jesus, come with the clarity today, God, that you'd give each of us an ear to hear. We we all want to have ears to hear in the spirit, Lord Jesus, what you would speak, what you would speak to the church today. In the name of Jesus, I pray, give us ears to hear, Father, give us ears to hear. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. I've been been reading in Revelation a little bit, just <laughs> to be honest with kind of thinking about the end times. I've, I've been going back to Revelation and, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know, it's not necessarily talked about a ton, but because there's so much in Revelation, we don't necessarily talk about so much the uh, the man John and his experience of getting all this revelation. And um, but the Lord's kind of been dealing with me about about that experience that he had because most of us probably know John. He was on he was on the island of of Patmos. He was deserted there. He kind of put there. He was put there as a prisoner. And that was his prison cell, this this island. And I don't know if I don't. I've been to the uh, Middle East. I don't know exactly where Isle of Patmos is, um, but it's not necessarily like super tropical place. Um, I mean, the Mediterranean's nice; it's beautiful, all, all this stuff. But it's not um, the Bahamas or anything. And um, so I don't know. You know, I don't know how he survived. I don't know what he ate. I don't know how he, um, I don't know how he survived naturally, but it's interesting, you'll, you see in, in scripture that it says that, you know, he was on the island of Patmos, but there's a place that says, but he was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and so I find it interesting that John, he didn't allow his, his physical circumstance and his, his natural location, he didn't allow that to um, affect his his attitude towards God or affect his openness to what God could do. And we see in these 20-something chapters, can't remember how many exactly in Revelation, but these amazing, powerful pictures and things, these revelations that he receives while he's there on that island. And um, I, I, this struck me so, so interesting. Um, I talked to Brother Johnstone for maybe two minutes before service, and we, we just got talking about church, and he was telling me a little bit about uh, when when he moved up to Washington, and he said you were like 50 already, Brother Johnstone, correct? And, um, but he, he made the statement, he quoted the scripture that we're bought with a price, and man, that just in that little moment, that that just struck me and reminded me that Man, we, we truly are, if we've received the blood of the Lamb, we've been filled with His Spirit, we're bought with a price, and what follows that is the fact that our life is not our own. And, um, you know, John may have had to, he may have had to uh, remind himself of that a little bit while he was there on this island, thinking, man, what did I do wrong to end up in this place? 
um, what did I do wrong to have these circumstances, you know? And he was the, when he was with Jesus and the other apostles, he was, he was just a boy. He was like, history tells us, probably 15 years old. And um, so I don't know exactly how old he would have been here on, on Patmos, but uh, he was still young. He was the youngest of, of those apostles. And he's probably thinking, man, what did I, what did I do wrong to end up in this situation? But I'm sure he reminded himself, well, my life's not my own, so I guess this is me living it out. This is me experiencing the reality of that. And it's, it's interesting to me as well because the word Patmos uh, in the Greek, it literally means the place of my killing. <laughs> the place of my killing. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure John probably knew that as well. And he probably, he, you know, thought, man, this is... This is pretty literal right now. I'm going to die here on this island, just deserted. But I think it's so, it's so amazing, and there's such a correlation in the fact that he was at this place of the end of his self, the end of, of worrying about his own life. And it was at that place that he was able to receive some of the greatest revelation in Scripture, some of the greatest revelation of all time for kind of the rest of time as we know it and the end of all time. Because he got to that place of the end of himself, he was able to put the cares, the concerns, the worries of what was next for him on the back burner and say, you know what, God, I may be on this island. I could look at it as terrible, as miserable. I could complain. I could, I could get all upset because I'm not where I want to be when I want to be there. But in this moment, God... I'm going to get beyond myself. I'm going to know. I'm going to remind myself I've been bought with a price, and my life is not my own. And because of that, man, we have some, we have some powerful scriptures in this, in this book. And book of Revelation, the, the first two, well, chapter two to, to the end of chapter three is, is messages to the church. Um, there, it's seven churches that were, that were literal churches at that time. But they, it's still very relevant messages to us today. And in the same way, John had to get to the point beyond himself enough that he could receive these messages of some of them of, of criticism, some of them of, you know, you're doing this wrong and you need to be doing this or else. He, he had to be able to be beyond himself enough to receive that word and, and deliver it. And... Um, I, as the Lord's been dealing with me about this, I, I've caught myself praying a prayer that, um, that many would say is, is dangerous, and I've heard someone talk about it, and I think it was Brother Wright. He said he was telling someone he prayed this prayer, and, and they were shocked. They were like, man, you better be careful praying, praying a prayer like that, because they were alluding to the fact that it could actually happen. And, um. And I've caught myself praying some prayers like that. And the wording that I've used is, Lord, help me to get to the point of being beyond myself enough that you can use me. <laughs> or let me be dead enough so that people see enough of you for something good to happen or for ministry to take place. And I was, I was praying that on, I think it was Wednesday, a couple, couple days ago. I was praying that in the afternoon, and I was walking across, um, just walking, pacing, and praying that. 
And it was kind of like the Lord just stopped me right there in my tracks, and I just sort of stopped and thought about it. And I was like, man, that's really kind of a silly prayer. And, uh, and it shows my humanity. It shows the part of me that's still alive. Because really what I'm saying is, Lord, get me beyond myself enough where something good can happen, but I don't have to completely die. <laughs> where I don't have to completely put myself on the altar completely be consumed or completely be abandoned on on Patmos. Let me, you know, let me have a bridge, (laughs) a bridge back to civilization. And I I think of John the Baptist as well, and and this has kind of been a theme a little bit of how he he separated himself from from society. He he was different. He, He wore different clothes. He ate some weird food, locusts and and honey, and uh, people thought he was weird, and some people, no doubt, went went to see John in the wilderness because they heard about this crazy fanatical guy. But the power of of John the Baptist was was the fact that people came to see him because of his his revelation, because he was preparing the way of the Lord. And for John to to truly do that, for John's ministry to be uh, most effective. He had to prepare the way of the Lord and get out of the way completely. And we see that take place literally with John the Baptist as well as he's, he's taken, he's thrown in prison. And I think this was even referenced this morning. He's thrown in prison and he sends word by way of his disciples to Jesus saying, okay, you know, I, I was pretty convinced before, but remind me, Jesus, are you the one or do we look for another? Now that my circumstances have changed and I'm in an un- uncomfortable place and I, I don't necessarily like the way things look and uh, I'm having to muster up a little bit of extra faith, can you remind me that you're truly the one? You're truly the Messiah. And Jesus' words, you know, he sends back, says, well, yeah, tell John the blind, the blind see, the lame, the lame are healed, all these miracles that happened. And he finishes with this. He says, and tell John, blessed is he who's not offended in me. And there's other translations or another translation that says, blessed is he who's not offended in the way I choose to run his life. And I don't know what John's response to that was necessarily in his humanity. Probably was a little bit perplexed at the moment. But then he had, to, he had to live it out and be completely removed from the scene. And we know the, the story. He was, he was beheaded. He was killed in the natural. He was killed and truly prepared the way of the Lord and got himself out of the way enough for God to do what he needed to do completely. And so... Um, I don't know if anyone here is big on New Year's resolutions. I, I'm not usually, but I kind of laugh sometimes. I, you know, I see people's goals, and I've said it before, too. Like, I want to do this more. I want to pray more. I want to read my word more, so on and so forth. And, um, and that's well and good, but it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to just do something more if I don't do less of other things, if I don't get rid of some other things in my life, and, and then make actual room to do those things more. 
And uh, we're just kind of going to stay in the theme of John here for a second. But John chapter 3 and uh, verse 30, I think it is, yeah. John 3 and verse 30, John says, He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. In order for God to increase in our life, we have to decrease. We can't be, we can't lift up God while we're <laughs> lifted up at the same time. And I'm, I'm, I'm challenged in myself. If, if anything is a New Year's resolution for me this year, it is for there to be less of me this year. And not just, and I, I'm so convicted because I don't want to, I don't want there to just be less of me to the point that it's enough. That it's enough that I can, you know, have a conversation with someone and mention Jesus and I feel like that's enough. Because it was, it was, I was, I was beyond myself enough to not worry about, you know, saying the name of Jesus on the job or, or bringing up the Bible. But if I would have been truly, fully dead to myself, how I may have, you know, who knows, fill in the blank. I, I can't limit God to what, what he could do. But I'm just challenged with how I've put this cap on, on God and what he can do through me because I've only prayed for enough. <laughs> What, what, what's, what's enough, God? What's, what's the minimum or, or what's the maximum that you need and, and can use me for without me having to get completely out of the way, without me having to de- decrease complete, completely, without me having to lay on the altar every day? And I found myself in the last few weeks, I found myself realizing that I haven't necessarily had an altar every day like I like I need to. And when you don't have an altar, you're you're not going to have a fire. When the fire goes out, consecration goes away. We then I start to pray, Lord, just do enough. I've I've been reading in Leviticus, it's not a super <laughs> easy book to read. And I think it's in I think it is Leviticus, I could be wrong. It might have been Exodus. But the Lord's given them instruction for the altar. He's he he gives them the whole plans and I I believe that's in Exodus. He gives them the plans for the tabernacle, for the sanctuary, all the furniture and how to make it and he, he selects these artisans and tells them to build it and all these things. But then he starts telling them about the sacrifices, the daily sacrifices that they're going to need to bring, the sin offerings and, and um, the free will offerings, all these different offerings. And then at one point he says, he, talking about the altar, he says, the fire on the altar should never go out. And I've read that before, and, and it seems like a cliche thing, but I read that the other day. And I was so convicted because I realized, God, I've, I've convinced myself that things are hot enough or things are warm enough to, you know, I can put on my suit. I can, took off my tie today, but I can wear my tie. I can, 
I can put on the, the front, I can put on the act, and there'd be no fire on my altar. I still, I, I'm still full, I'm still living, thriving. I haven't decreased and allowed him to increase in, in the way that he wants to. And so maybe this is just for me, maybe this is just going to be my New Year's resolution, but I just thought I'd share it with you since I had the opportunity. My desire and what I've, what I've realized is it's not something we can do. It's not an individual effort. You can't, you can't kill yourself. And so this is the prayer that I prayed the other day when I was convicted by praying, Lord, you know, let me die enough. I changed my prayer and said, and this is the dangerous prayer, right? I said, Lord, do what, do what needs to be done. That I wouldn't just be dead enough, that I, but that I would be dead. I'd be dead to myself, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny is, he answered the prayer, <laughs> and this was Thursday, now I, I remember it was Thursday, and um, man, had a, and I won't spare you the whole story, but customer come in, and it was just, it was a mess, and the Lord, will, the Lord really will do whatever it takes, send whatever needs to be sent. I've heard it called agents of crucifix, <laughs> individuals that will come as, as those Roman soldiers, they'll come to drive that spear through your side, and it's, uh, it's not comfortable, it's not fun, but man, when, when it, 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 it was kind of like the revelation hit me as I was dealing with this situation, and I got to step away from this individual for a moment, the revelation hit me, and I kind of just grinned <laughs> and laughed and was like, man, I may not be able to resolve this situation with this individual completely, but because this is working for the good of God, I, I know that I've won in Jesus. I know that I, I'm being killed because of this, <laughs> through this. It's not, it's uh, never a fun thing, but even in that moment, I, I, I could have, I could have bowed up. I could have you know, kind of fought back, and um, and I didn't let the individual just stomp all over me, but um, I I realized, man, I, I can have a humility even in this situation on the job. I can have a humility that's that's only possible when I'm dead to myself. And man, the liberty that comes with that is like none other. Liberty when you're beyond yourself, when you're dead to yourself, when you're when you don't worry about yourself. There's such a liberty in that. There's such a liberty to minister to a stranger, and there's such a liberty to minister to your brother, to your sister, because you're not the main thing at the forefront of your mind. But God can use you then to, to put others there and then minister to others. Amen. And so I, uh, maybe you guys will have to help me this year and uh, crucify me. But um, I think this is a something for all of us to, in the new year, to seek to decrease that he may increase. Because he's, he's going to increase. 
He's going to be glorified. And another place in Scripture, I think it's Matthew, I want to say 29, talks about the stone, and I'm paraphrasing, but it talks about Jesus, and we know Jesus is the stone. It talks about this stone, and, and we could either choose to fall on this stone or this rock. We could choose to fall on it and be broken. Or if we resist that, it's going to fall on us, <laughs> crush us, and grind us to powder. And uh, I realized that sometimes the pressures of life can get so heavy that it, it exposes my pride and exposes the fact that I'm trying to carry it all on my own. And again, conviction hits that like you're trying to do this on your own. You're increasing yourself, acting like you're all humble because you have all these situations, all these things going on. But you're trying to carry the load, and that in and of itself is pride. And the Bible talks about humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And sometimes being under his hand feels a little bit heavy, feels a little bit weighty. But then once we yield to him, once we yield to the, the rock and choose to just fall on it, choose to fall on the altar, be broken, and remain in that state of brokenness, that's when then he can turn his hand and lift us up, lift us up to places of influence in, in our jobs and our communities, a place that I know he's bringing the church in this year, but it's not a place he can take us with, with flesh being glorified. It's only a place that he can take us when we're broken, when we're dead to ourselves enough but not just enough, but completely to the point where when we're lifted up, he's glorified. Amen. Why don't we just respond to the Holy Ghost right now? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Father, give us the faith, I pray, and the confidence to pray prayers, Jesus, of crucify me, Father, crucify me. I don't want to be dead just enough, God, and then get back up and live the rest of my life my own way. Father, but I want to be dead completely, completely and totally, Father, to your will and to your plan that you could lift us up, Father, that you would lift us up, Jesus, and draw all men unto you. Draw men unto you, Jesus, in this hour, in this time. For we know the hour is short. We know that time is short before your return. God, and we want to be used to draw men unto you. We want to be used for your glory, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You just talk to the Lord right there a little bit. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with some hearts here this morning. He's trying to deal with all that would allow him to. Jesus, in your name, that you would increase, that you would increase, Lord. In this hour like no other, that you would increase. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. that you would be glorified in Jesus' name.
Praise God. There's a clear witness of the Holy Ghost here this morning. I, I remember years ago in Puyallup, it seemed like for at least a year, whether it was bishop ministering or I ministering or somebody else maybe that had passed through, or it, it, it seemed like that every time for almost a year, that every message was about dying to ourself. I, I, I remember some conversations about, man, there's just, I, the Lord's just not letting us go anywhere else. He just keeps taking us back, taking us back to somewhere in the scripture. He keeps taking us to these things about, about dying to ourself, dying to ourself. And, and it's, it's, it's really an ironic thing with pride. Pride likes to think I'm dead to myself. And well, it doesn't take long for flesh to show up, does it? Somebody rub me the wrong way, say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. And, you know, the Lord lets those things happen just to show me I'm where I'm not dead yet. That's why he deals with us all differently. Because there may be places that some of us are dead, but others aren't. And vice versa. And so we understand from the scriptures, when we die, then we truly live. I was marked last night, and I shared it with somebody else. I was marked as we were talking with some that were teaching Bible studies and home groups and involved in daily ministry and different things they have going on. One made the statement, they said, I got to the place where I just don't care what people think. Now, they weren't saying that the way you hear some people, right? Some people are like, well, I don't care what you think. They weren't saying it that way. They were saying, I'm to a place in recognizing that there's such a call of God and such a responsibility to the kingdom that I don't care what people think when I act on how God's leading me. I just don't care what they think. That's being dead. That's being dead. Right? When I'm not dead, I'm like, well, man, I don't know what they're going to think if I say this. I'm really worried. Oftentimes when I say that, I'm going, I don't know what they're going to think about me. Right? Man, I don't want, what will will that, you know, on the job, they might, I don't want them to think I'm, you with me? Becoming dead to self. I can you give me five minutes and I'll be done. I'll commit myself. Five minutes. My daughter over here, keep me on task. Revelation chapter twelve, verse eleven. I'm going to read fast because I only got five minutes. Revelation twelve and verse eleven. Let's go to verse ten. 12 and 10. Make the guy putting the scriptures up have to redo it all. It says, and John, as we've heard about this morning, is writing. He says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, 
Now is come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Verse 11, and they, that's the saints of the Most High God, they overcame him, they overcame the accuser, the adversary, Satan, and his. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. We quote that verse all the time. It's quoted all the time. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. But that's not the whole verse. We got to stop quoting half the verse. We quote the parts of the verse that we like. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Praise God, I've got a testimony. And praise God, I've been buried in Jesus' name. I'm covered by the blood. I overcame. That's not the whole picture. How is it? This is going to seem strong, but someone needs to hear this right now. How is it spirit-filled, water-baptized children of God aren't victorious? They've got the blood of the lamb and they've got a testimony, but they don't have the rest of the verse. That's the key to victory. You can't be victorious with just the blood in your testimony. The scripture tells it, and, 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 everybody say and. That's, that's the third part. I can't tell you. I am 50 years old. Most of my life I've heard preaching on the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Man, I people get up and shout, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Praise God. I used to think that was the whole verse. And they loved not their lives unto death. That was the final key. You got to have the blood. But you didn't do that. You got to have a testimony. You didn't do that. But God says there's a part you got to have in this. You got to be willing to die. You've got to get to the point where you don't love your life. What does he mean by don't love your life? Should you go around hating yourself? Of course not. What he's saying is I'm not trying to preserve my life. I'm not trying to maintain my reputation. I don't mean go out there and get a bad name. You understand. I'm not trying to preserve self. If doing what God's asking of me, if living according to His word and will, if speaking with boldness and making myself fully available to Him for use, however He wants to use me, costs me my life. I'm not concerned about it. I don't love my life. Even if death is the result. That's an overcomer. That's an overcomer. This is the plan and the desire of God. Now some people, if I would go around this room and say, how many of you would die for this message? I bet everybody in the room would go, me, man, I would. See, it would be a lot easier. Stand with me, please. It would be a lot easier, wouldn't it, if we were just put in a situation tomorrow and it was denounce Christ or die. And we're like, I'm not denouncing Christ. And they took our life. That'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Quick way out. 
it's much harder to live for him and not live for myself. And not live for myself. That doesn't mean we all walk out of here and quit our jobs. And No, but I'm not even going to work for myself. You say, well, you're getting a paycheck. That's just his source that does things. But when the paycheck comes, it's all his. I have to answer to him for it. The conversations I have with my coworkers. What's most important? They loved not their lives unto the death. Last thing. I, as Brother Joel was talking about John. And John on this Isle of Patmos, this little Greek island. As he was talking about that, I had this thought. As he mentioned, it's probably not how he pictured it. You know, when you're walking with Jesus for three and a half years, you're thinking, man, this is going to be glorious. I'm seeing him do stuff, and he says, I'm going to do greater than this. And then on the day of Pentecost, you know, when he was in the upper room and the Holy Ghost came down, and whoo! Yes, this is what I signed up for. Well, see, the difference between John and us is he had watched Jesus be crucified. He was standing at the foot of the cross when Jesus looked at him and said, Man, thy mother, woman, thy son. He saw him die. And he had spent three and a half years and he determined, I'll die for him. I realize right now he's dying for me. I don't even care about my life anymore. The challenge for you and I, for some of us, is we haven't yet gotten a real picture of Calvary yet. We know the story. But we haven't seen it. And we need the work of the Spirit of God to touch our eyes. And we need to see Calvary. We need to see Him hanging there. We need to see the blood running down His body. We need to see His emaciated body. We need to see the nails in His wrists and in His ankles. We need to see the suffering for every breath as He's trying to get it because He's stretched on that tree. We need to see it. I don't mean paint some picture from Hollywood. I'm talking about in the spirit as we pray. We need God to let us see Calvary. And when we see Calvary and we recognize and identify, he's doing that for me. He doesn't deserve to be there. He's innocent. He's done nothing wrong. He's without sin. He's God. Why are you doing this? This is God manifesting the flesh. And we get the revelation. He's hanging there because of me. I should be the one. And since I'm not, then I'm willing to lose my life now for him. And I want everyone to know we need a revelation of Calvary. Well, it didn't go the way John thought. He's on the Isle of Patmos. There he is. And he starts seeing all these wonderful things. I read something the other day. Somebody said, man, I'm reading Revelation and this is scary. This isn't scary unless you're lost. 
This is the book of blessing, the Bible calls it. This is a book of blessing. And so I'm. John is on this island. He starts seeing this stuff. He starts. He's caught up. He's seeing things that I mean, read it. And the Lord spoke to him and said, write down the things you see. And thank God we got 22 chapters that he wrote. Where'd he send those letters? You ever thought about that? I think my time's up. Where'd he send those letters? Somebody found them. They got to somebody. I wonder if he wrote them just thinking, I'm just supposed to write this down so I'll remember. I promise you, he died before it ever became the book of Revelation. But God used him. And today he's touching the world. When you and I die to ourselves, we may end up in a place where we don't understand why we're there. But if we'll be obedient to the will of God and the work of God, it may be that what God intends with our life won't even be made manifested till we're gone. But if he gets glory, that's all that matters, right? Here's my prayer. God. Give me grace for you to use me however you want to use me. Even if I don't know or understand the how and the why. Just use me. Would you talk to him right now? I want to know how you're using me, God. I need validation. No, I'm dead to myself. Just as long as you use me, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to cast myself on you every day. On the altar every day. I'm going to die on the altar. You understand the only way fire stayed on the altar that was referenced is if there was daily a sacrifice on the altar. No sacrifice, no fire. Guess who the sacrifice is on the altar? You, me, we are the daily sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice every day on the altar. And here's the thing. I can't just do it today and tomorrow and then, you know, get to a place where I'm finally dead. No, when I get up again in the morning, I'm going to have to get on the altar again. Paul said, I die daily. He recognized, I can't just do this for a month or two and then I'll be good. No, every single day it's again laying on the altar, waiting there, letting the Spirit of God, the fire of God consume every fiber of my being, burn away the dross and the chaff, burn away the impurities and the fire purging me to where I stay on the altar of sacrifice and that God is glorified through your life and mine. This is the desire of God. 
This is the desire of God. You say, it's painful, it hurts. Oh, come on, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. The scripture says of the Lord, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He saw something beyond Calvary. He saw something beyond, and it was joy. When you and I can get to a place of dying daily, there is joy. Not joy this world gives but that that He gives. And there are lives in this room that just like John, God is using you and will using you, and you may not see the result with your own natural eye, but when you yield to God and I yield to God, He will be glorified. And is there any greater testimony than to be able to say, my life was used by God for His kingdom and His purpose, and He received all the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I feel your spirit, so many of you receiving this today. I'm thankful. Going to take that in this hour. I feel like some of you here are maybe saying, "Man, I want it. I just I don't know how to die." I hear you saying, "I'm supposed to die," but I I don't I don't know how. Submitting to the will of God, and then saying, "Lord," it was said today. I can't kill myself. That's suicide. That's sin. If Jesus would have killed himself, that would be suicide. He didn't. He allowed Roman soldiers, heathens, to nail him to a cross. God's going to allow heathens to nail you and I to a cross. (laughs) He'll do it. He'll do it. So when that individual says or does something and it hits that place in you and it rises up, there's your indicator. Ooh, that's not dead yet. That's my flesh lashing out. Then you got to let, what do you do then? I'll tell you what I do. I go back to the altar and say, God, what that revealed in me, I need you to help me. I need your grace to start purging my spirit. I need your blood to start washing over that area of my heart and my thoughts, my mind that gives into that, God. I, I need the washing of water by the word, the scripture says. And so somebody says or does something or that thing keeps rising up and flesh. What is it? That's the indicator I'm not dead. Now I can live in condemnation or I can take that place that's not dead back to the altar. I'm telling you, how do we die? This is how. I take it back to the altar and I lay it there and say, God. I need help in this area. I need this area crucified. I trust you. I trust you to send who and what you have to send to kill this area that's a hindrance to your flow freely in my life. And he'll use people and he'll use circumstances. Now that I'm older, this is how I pray when circumstances aren't going my way. God, 
I don't like this, but I trust you. So, God, I'm asking you, allow this circumstance to do in me what you're wanting it to do. I'm embracing it. If you want to change it, change it. But, God, if you're not going to change it, then use it to change me. You know what you're doing. I trust you. Just whatever you got to do to get this vessel dead and empty for the work of the kingdom. He wants to use every one of us. Would you talk to him again right now? Come on, talk to him. He's your